Hey guys and welcome to my brand new series Building from the Inside Out with my good friend and highly respected Aaron Clark. This episode will be posted the last Friday of every month. Yes guys, we are here once a month to break down what it really takes to become a success as we build your lifestyle and goals from the inside out. Absolutely, and this we can we cannot iterate reiterate how important this is, and it is a growing issue. Um, as I, as we Aaron just said that it's in and out of the gym, but particularly in the bodybuilding industry, I find that we are dr- driven to these things through extremities, wh- however big or small, to each individual. Um, But the important part is that we all need to try and do our little bit for ourselves to prevent it growing arms and legs and getting a lot worse. Um, Because at the end of the day, the the stage is not always going to be there. And the most important thing, as we discussed in the last episode, is having the mindset regardless of whether there is a stage. So we are going to drop in some top tips on how we feel you can combat, have a healthier mindset and not only train for stage but train for enjoyment while still having the top tip top lifestyle that we all crave so Adam do you want to give us your first yeah great so the first one I think is about having hobbies Um, and it's about having other things that you can engage with other things that you can be involved with that don't involve the process in which you are in, i.e. bodybuilding, i.e. in competition, in prep. I think it's really essential that we, as human beings, expand our engagement and that when we focus on one thing, that isn't the only thing that is that is kind of our build-up for that day and that routine and that, and that weekly plan, if you like. There needs to be things in there that challenge you differently and give you other perspective and other... Um, satisfaction uh, than the actual bodybuilding and the competing itself. So things like um, listening to music, for example, things like going for walks with the family, things like um, yoga, things like um, playing music, I suppose, playing an instrument, all these sorts of things could could really be of value to you if there's an interest there um, in order to just step away from that bodybuilding industry, step away from that competitive um, pathway that you're on, which is great, 
but obviously you need to be able to step away from it at times. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I feel hobbies oh, are really important. And on that, Aaron, like just as you were saying, it doesn't even have to be completely out with being active. Things like I played badminton for a wee while and I would go swimming for a wee while, changing up what I'm doing so that I'm doing things a little bit more socially. So instead of it just going into the gym, jumping on the treadmill and lifting some weights with my headphones on, I would actually contact my friends and see what they're up to and be like, oh, well, how would you feel about me coming along and playing a wee bit badminton with you? My best friend, she does rock climbing, so I would pop along to the centre with her and I would do a little bit of rock climbing. It doesn't mean you don't have to be active. You could still be getting in that little cardio session that you need to get in during the day, but do something different so you're interacting. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a key there's a key, key evidence in place that when we're on prep or when, when people are preparing to get on stage, the social element to our um, kind of approach to life does decrease. Naturally, it decreases because... You, you, you don't really um, have the time because you're so engaged with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, your food is, is decreasing in some aspect. You're, you're, you're working towards a deficit, and so therefore energy and enthusiasm to want to socialise may drop. Um, and so there needs to be, for me, a real social element to, to your routine that you can keep constant and you can keep consistent so that there is that outlet for you to go and be sociable and socialise with people that doesn't surround um, prep, nutrition, being in a deficit, um, thinking about getting on stage. Do you know what I mean? There has to be a kind of social outlet for you, for sure. Yeah. And friends, family are a huge part of that. But evidence would show, not with everyone, but evidence would show that, that a lot of people... Uh, retract themselves from those very important social outlets so friends and family when they're on prep and they become very um, reserved and very quiet and very just focused in the zone um, and, I, and that's why I feel a hobby that, that can involve a social aspect is vitally important yeah I couldn't agree more could not agree more yeah I definitely think having that little hobby on the sidelines would do you the world of good and sure, if you're happy with me going on to my top first tip, yeah, kind of it. it kind of goes on what you were just talking about a little bit, and that is the when you're in that prep phase, especially, um, but any sort of competitors, anyone that I've spoken to, the minute you come down to taking rest days, it's almost like a guilt trip, and when you take rest days and I've been guilty for this in the past is I would take my rest day and trying to cram everything in on a rest day because it's the day that I'm not training and then I would find myself at the end of my rest day more exhausted than I would on a typical training day and we're kind of missing the point with this and the whole point of a rest day is that you are resting and recovering and there is nothing wrong with taking a day to relax. Now, that it, there's not a problem. Go meet a friend for coffee. You could go for a wee walk. Absolutely fine, so you're not getting cabin fever. But the whole point is not to be getting yourself overly stressed. Keeping your stress levels low, you should be keeping your heart rate low. And it's just a matter of letting your body and your mind recharge, re-energize, so that you can go at your next few days of training optimally and this is something that a lot of people are really bad for is taking pro and again i'm i i can't say anything i was really guilty for it um is taking a proper rest day and i find that for your mindset if you've got 
depression or if you've got anxiety or any sort any of these sort of mental health issues in the industry if you're not allowing yourself time to relax and kind of just kind of take a step back from the extremes of everything all of these things are going to catch up with you because you are going to be absolutely exhausted um and i do find that this is what like this is one of the biggest issues is because we are so tired that of course our mental health is going to be taking a beating um so yeah i don't know what your thoughts are on that one yeah, so I, I think for me it's about it's about the preparation stages before you start a programme, before you start prep, before you start anything that's gonna lead you to getting on stage at the end of it. Um, if, if you were to if you do replace rest day with training day, it's very unlikely that on a training day that you've planned you would change anything. Yeah? yeah. So if you've if you've planned to train on a, on a five days a week, those five days you can safely say that 99% of people are going to give those training days their maximum, give them their all, hit their nutritional regime, hit their training regime, hit everything and absolutely smash the shit out of that day. But why can't we do that with rest days? We plan a rest day for a reason because it's in there for a reason, whether that's come from ourselves or whether that's come from some external guidance, a coach, an instructor, whatever it might be, that rest day is in there for a reason. So let's honour that rest day like we honour the training days. You know that on a training day, you're working to full capacity, to full maximum performance. So on a rest day, you need to maximise that rest and you need to work towards being being rested completely and utterly as you would if you were in the gym training. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes complete sense. Complete sense. So you've planned that, so carry it out. Stay accountable for the planning and the preparation that you did previous to starting this programme. So you're not going to turn down your training days. In fact, you're probably going to be aching to get back in the gym. That's fine. But make sure that when you're resting, you are absolutely and entirely resting. And that means resting and recovery, yeah? So getting that time in that you need in order to continue with the program to get back in the gym tomorrow, refreshed and raring to go. Everyone is um, culprit, I think, to um, underusing, if that's such a term, underusing a rest day. And I know I've never competed um, in any federations in the last 10, 12 years. But I for sure know that in my programs that I've done over the years, the most intensive of them, I probably worked my ass off more in those rest days with things that weren't bodybuilding or weren't gym-based, and I felt more tired at the end of those rest days, and that was absolutely wrong of me to do, because no wonder when I got in the gym on a Thursday after a rest day on a Wednesday, I was absolutely blowing out my ass. Yep. And um, I think that's really, you know, and I'm sure everybody can relate to that, to that very small concept. Those rest days are imperative for your progress and your build and your uh, and your and your movement forward. And, absolutely. And we have to start honouring those rest days better. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. So, what's your next top tip? So the next one that I've got here is um, slightly thinking outside of the box. And I use the term thinking as. Um, I, I think it's important that we expand our knowledge, loose. I think it's important that we educate ourselves around the things that we are doing. I think I've met far too many people that are doing a program or following a plan that someone's given them, whether that be a coach or a friend, and they don't really understand what they're doing. They're just doing it. Now, that might work for some people, 
but I think there's a lot of value and there's a lot of scope in in teaching ourselves and furthering our education around certain concepts. For example, if I was given a program, uh, German volume training, and I'd never heard of GVT before in my life, mm-hmm. my first go-to step would be to go and learn about GVT. Yes, I'm sure my coach or someone could tell me a few things about it, but we have access to the World Wide Web, you yeah. know, every yeah. second of every day. Go out there and find out more about what you're training and why that might work for you. Because you might find that 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 program isn't going to work for you. And you might find out something that your coach or the person that gave you the plan hasn't assessed or hasn't analysed properly. And so doing the program isn't going to work for you. And so educating ourselves so that we we can understand things better and be in better knowledge of things, I think is really important. You know, reading books, it might be that it's completely separate from from gym-based, program-based information. But just reading and learning and and, and training our cognitive mind, you know, developing um, our understanding of things, I think is really important. And it can go a hell of a long way to to improving our mindset and and building that resilience toolkit, which I I talk about quite a lot, and I will do, I'm sure, in the coming episodes when we talk about resilience a little bit more. Yeah. Um, But I think that's really, really valuable. So, yeah, expanding our knowledge and learning more about what we're doing because, because ultimately... We, we, we will maximise the situation we're in if we also learn about what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where I, else I can go with that. Yeah, no, I, I well, I, I actually could add to that because I do really agree on that one because I think a lot of the issue when it comes to mental health, in fact, when it comes to this sort of we don't understand what's going on in our bodies when these things are happening, and when we're going through these emotions and we're hitting these mindsets, we don't actually understand like where the building blocks to get to this point are. We just know that all the events or situations that we've been through to get us to this point. However, I definitely feel personally having more knowledge and as I said to you just now like regardless of how busy my lifestyle is at the moment, um I've just taken on that muscle mentors um education portal and that's not for any other reason apart from to educate myself and they're not just talking about like exercise and nutrition they're also talking about stress sleep what that does to your digestion what's actually happening when you're going through these motions and because it's no longer just oh I'm stressed I actually know what that means I don't yeah. just have that word and it's giving me an excuse for being a being in a particular way or having a particular mood because I actually Absolutely. have the scientific understanding as to what my body is going through and what my body's now trying to tell me not just it's not telling me that I'm stressed stressed is a made up word by humans but my body's are trying to, my body's actually telling me something so I have to listen to it and as you were saying, by being more educated on these things, it's not about like trying to be better than anybody else or anything like that. It's for your own personal gain that if you're more educated as to what your body's doing, how your body responds to things, and my favourite thing on my podcast, as always, is being self-aware. The more self-aware you are, the more in control of these situations you're going to be. Um, because, like I say, it's not just, oh, this is happening. Okay, right, well, if this is happening, Why? and how and what where is it coming from and how can I fix that Um, so yeah just as you were going on I definitely 100% agree on that point
Yeah, I think I think there's you know understanding what might come in the following weeks and and what's ahead of you um, is a really important thing that I think we need to consider. And that and, you know, and if we can do that through expanding our knowledge on something and seeing how it may or may not relate or affect us or impact us moving forward, I think I think it sets us in really good stead for for, for what's to come. You know, absolutely. Um, not many people enjoy the unknown. Yeah. Uh, it's all well and good following a plan, like I say, that someone's given you. But if you don't know what that plan really is going to entail after the second and third week when shit really gets difficult and it and stuff starts to get uh, more intensive, etc., yeah. then, then I think you're setting yourself up to, to hit a big block wall. And by expanding our knowledge, we can, we can maybe overcome those things way before they happen and start putting things in place that we know will help us get through that barrier. You know, if you're struggling with um, depression or your um, anxiety or, you know, a- any any mental health issue or even mental illness, um, are, are, and they're things that can be affected quite quite easily and quite um, unbeknowingly by, by a programme like PrEP or getting yep. on stage and doing all of these really intensive things and following all these really intensive regimes I, I, I think there's no there's no fault in knowing what's to come by by learning about what the process is that we're undertaking yeah couldn't agree more because so not... your next one what's your next one my next one is to communicate with other competitors now i definitely think this is something yeah. that's becoming a lot more common for females um but I think it's important that if you are in the industry, if you're going through prep, if you're t- if you're struggling with post-show, or even if you're struggling with the off-season, or as my coach likes to call it, improvement season, because this is where it can get uncomfortable, especially for females. I know for men as well, because obviously the amount of calories you've got to shovel in. Um, but it the whole process as a bodybuilder it's not as luxurious and straightforward as other people would like to believe. Yes, we do it because we love it. That goes without saying. But there is a lot to it. And I genuinely believe that it's the one of the things that's helped me the most is meeting people within the industry who maybe they don't maybe don't have all of the same struggles as what I've had. But even if they, like they have an understanding of it. rather than somebody who maybe isn't in the industry and having to try and explain myself when you're speaking to people in the industry you obviously not everybody's going to have the best intentions but this is where you as a person you you kind of find the people in the industry that that they do just want to be helpful and they want to help see other people win and they want to see other people succeed and you know they want other people to enjoy the industry just as much as you do um, but it is important to you know have that conversation with other competitors when you're at the show if you are concerned about post-show don't get caught up in all the food actually ask other competitors at the show right well how are you going to go about post-show this this season how are you going to go about improvement season um you know it's it's there's no harm in asking other competitors and having the chat of even if you see other competitors struggling message them how are you getting on? You can do this. If you're if you're that unhappy, maybe you need to take a step back. Or if you need somebody to talk to, we can always meet up for coffee, we can go for a gym session together, we can get food, whatever it is. But be active in the industry because we all have something that we're trying to deal with. 
So we should be more open and communicating more with each other. Um, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good yeah. point, Lewis. Let me ask you a question. So, so why doesn't it happen? So why doesn't that happen more, do you think? What are the, what are the reasons why, why we, we, we don't talk to other competitors? Is it because that competitive edge and that competitive process means that we shouldn't ask them because they might find out something better than what you're doing? No, do you want, I, I honestly like, think it comes down to the simplicity of these are people who don't know us. We can barely communicate, well, if, if I'm talking from my personal experience, I could barely communicate with the people in my life normally because I'm quite on, I kind of deal with things on my own. So to then open up to people who I wasn't, that don't know me, but they just have similarities. I found that quite difficult to start with, but the more I got into the industry and the more I met people and I, I gathered this vast understanding that so many are suffering from, if not the same issue, issues alike what I was dealing with. And it was so much easier then to be like, well, how are you dealing with it? And they'd be like, oh, my coach has maybe tried me to do this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we'd kind of throw ideas back to each other. We'd talk through each other through the process. I've even got a couple of group chats with some girls from, you know, different federations or people that I've met in different walks of life through the bodybuilding industry. And we all message each other. And not just for things like to do with bodybuilding, but to do with general life of when they're at work and they're getting the dictation of, why they're eating what they're eating like being able to have someone to talk to that actually understands and it can relate to that kind of lifestyle is it's kind of it takes you out from being that the strange person to having somebody to relate to um and sharing sharing good practice in effect yeah sharing good practice and i i think to answer your question i think the reason some people, I'm going to say for females because I think for males it's very different, and I think you'd probably agree yeah, with gonna, that. That was, that was my that was my coming to you. I yeah, I think you'd probably I think you'd probably agree with that. For females, I think it's more we're we are very reserved until we know someone, and yeah. I think that's just females as we are. We're quite protect. I think because obviously females can be quite protective. Um, I think that just comes down to who we are and until we know another female um, is has the right intentions we're quite protective over what's going on internally but the minute you realise that those females are your friends and they're, they're not there to make your life more difficult you do open up real quickly to your other females and the relatability is not like, like nothing else Um and I th but I think for men it is a very different ball game, very very different yeah, ball game. Yeah, I, I I think it is, and and I and I don't really know the answer as to why it is, but I feel like the alpha alpha the male alpha, the alpha maleness of yeah. of uh, life in in a man's kind of outlook. Um, not for every man, but I'm I'm talking generically here. Um, I, I think there's a real presence in wanting to know and talk to other lads because. Because if you, if you know that you've done you've done that or you've done better than that, it makes you feel good and it makes you feel this sense of dominance. Yeah. Um, and and I and I think there's yeah it, it's, it's such a different um, such a different scenario. I think. Yeah. You know? For me, I I love being told by 
people that are clearly bigger than me, stronger than me. I, I, I love being told how to do things right the right way or yeah. being given recommendations to do things. Yeah. Whereas I feel maybe um, in the female uh, world, um, that because of things like, I'm going to go down the mental health issue here, but maybe things like eating disorders, yeah. maybe things like body dysmorphia, body yeah. image, yeah. Uh, confidence, self-worth, yeah. all those sorts of things I think are so challenged every time you have a discussion with someone else who yeah. who may or may not be feeling about uh, feeling something about those issues uh, going through something I, I feel like it's a it's a very different environment mm-hmm. um, I know blokes have you know body dysmorphia and eating disorders you know I've, I've, I've got several friends that have struggled with their relationship with food for many many years but yeah. I do feel like it's a very different dynamic and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say why but like, that's I think that's my I think it's like you say, exactly as you said at the beginning, it comes down to alpha male. I think for females, when they hit that sort of mental health mindset, it's very much an insecurity. And then when it comes to other females, the minute a female feels insecure, other females become a threat. And instead of someone that you can confide in. Whereas for men, alpha males are, it's not so much the issue for men, in my opinion is they don't talk about what the actual issue is. They let things fester, grow, exactly like we said at the beginning. And because, especially in in the bodybuilding industry, you couldn't get more alpha male if you tried when you're in the bodybuilding industry. And I think that's where the problem... I mean, I could be completely wrong. That is just a complete guesstimate. But... I genuinely think that that is where some of the issues lie because they don't want to admit that they've got a weakness. Um, and I think that's why we have so many, uh, and, and I'm talking so many, you know, I let's just go from the start. I set mental health muscle up in the first place to give men <clears throat> a space and a, and a place to talk about their mental health in yeah. the gym. You know, that was the whole reason I set it up. Yeah. And so and so for me, that still very much exists. That that is what exists in society. Men yep. do not talk about their weaknesses, their yep. struggles, their emotions in in, in in the gym as much as we should do. You know, it's a place where you are surrounded by like minded people who are probably more often than not going through the same things you are. Yeah. And, and we need to try and create a platform where we can talk about the struggles and the challenges and the and the issues as opposed to just the incredible things that we're doing. You yeah. know, positive stuff is amazing, but also part of our development and part of our psyche is, is understanding where, where we're not doing so well and trying to improve on them and using other people and other blokes to, to add value and to add insight into how we can improve on those things because someone else may have well gone through exactly the same thing as you and this was their way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and so removing that alpha tag I think is really important. But yeah. if you really explore alpha, alpha is about being emotional. Yeah. Know, alpha is about being being the whole package. <laughs> alpha male carries this traditional term, um, this traditional meaning, sorry, of um, being the, the top dog, you know, the strong, the, 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 the massive, the, the big guy. That's the alpha male. But actually, bollocks to that, there's, there's huge presence in being an alpha male that you are able to show your feelings and you are able to express your emotions and you're able to 
identify your weaknesses and identify the things that you're struggling with and make them better and support other people in doing that as well. Um, so how we look at alpha, I think, needs to change because typically an alpha male is exactly what we've just said. But there's a lot more to alpha, you know. Yeah. Females can be alpha. Oh, absolutely. You know? So if we go down that plan, we go down that way, we got another, we got a whole new other podcast to talk about there. <laughs> yeah, no, tell thing. me about it. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the thing. And I think that's a really, really important, really important um, tip, Luce. Yeah, yeah. Good job. And your next tip. Your last my next one is my last one. Yeah, is um, I think for me it's about knowing your circle. Yeah. Uh, when I say knowing your circle, I don't really mean specifically with support. I think I mean it more in a in a in a in an element where you can take a step away from everything you're doing and know that the things that are most important to you in your life still exist. Yeah. And um, you know, for some of us, our circles are far too big. Yeah. Because when we when we step into our circle and and reach out to people that we think are in our circle, no one bats an eyelid. Yeah. There's no there's no reaching our olive branch for from half of the people that you thought would be there. Yeah. Um, my experience tells me that um, you, you might think people are are in your circle, but when actually when the shit hits the fan and when things get really really um serious and you and you really need your circle to come come yeah. forward and step up yeah you will be surprised how many people that you think would do that don't do that and yeah. actually in reverse some people that you didn't think were in your circle step forward absolutely voluntary to give you all the support and all the love and all the the attention that you might need um yeah. And I think I think just knowing your circle is so important. And for me, that starts specifically with family and friends. You yeah. know? Whatever you are doing in life, you know, that's, in, in, in this regard, we're talking about prep, we're talking about bodybuilding, we're talking about competition. Whatever you are doing in life with that in mind, you, you have to make sure that you don't uh, reject or distract yourself from the important things in the, in your life, and that's family and friends for me. They yeah. will always be there. They are your immediate, <coughs> they are your immediate circle, and whether you like it or not, um, they they have to be they have to be um, catered for and and looked after and and respected. And um, that 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 element is so important for me. I, I know how valuable for me my circle has been the last six months. Um, you know, I I thought my circle was bigger than it was. It really wasn't um, that big. Um, I've added a few more people into that circle since. And um, I think just knowing and identifying your circle is, is hugely powerful for, for both your well-being and your and yeah. your kind of outlook, outlook on life, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think I've definitely gone through the same sort of route with you as you have. But one thing that I've kind of learned along the way that there's nothing wrong with being polite and civil and having a lot of acquaintances. And it's just knowing the difference between those who are just acquaintances, people who you know, people who you'll be polite with, people you might even bump into or even meet up with on occasion. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, as you said, that they are your circle, they're your group of people who, no matter what, are there for you they love you they'll be probably the ones that will be brutally honest with you <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. and um yeah like it's it is just knowing that 
and they don't always have to have the same views, the same opinions, and the same passions as what you do. And in fact, better to have a variety, and that's what keeps life interesting. And I mean, I my variety of friends and family is extremely vast. <laughs> it is crazy, yeah. but um, again, it's what keeps life interesting, and that I totally agree with is super important. Yeah, if you, if you take if you take um, <coughs> peanut M M&M, for example. I freaking love peanut M&M's, so I'm going to use them as an example. But, you know, the outside shell can be a different colour. But actually, deep down inside, everyone's a peanut. Yep. And as long as you can, as long as you can relate that peanut to someone else's, and there's a common ground, and the important things, the core values are shared, and are respected, and are, and are um, made aware to each other, I think that's when you know someone's in your circle. Yeah. You know, um, with an acquaintance, you don't have to share the same values as them. You don't no. have to. I mean, it's, it's often good to do so, but you don't always share the same values as them. But they're just there. They're, they're people that come and go. They pass and buy. Yeah. Um, but, but your family and friends, your fellow peanuts, M&Ms, don't change. Yeah. And um, uh, you might lose a few peanuts along your way in your life and gain a few more in and different scenarios and different circumstances throughout your life and, and things that happen. But I think that's where that's where it kind of is um, is highlighted, you know. This, yeah. this core value doesn't change, and that's what's important, I think. Yep, could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I think that kind of leads me on to the last, last tip. Point. And that is to be in this industry of bodybuilding and extremities, to be open-minded. And that is to learn that... Um, sorry, that is to learn that your way is not always the right way and that the people around you, your friends and your family, your circle will not always understand what you're doing and why you're doing it because it's not their vision, it's yours. And we all go through that battle at some point. Um, I went through it with my best friend. I've actually had that on the podcast before where she actually burst into tears um, because she didn't recognise who I was becoming because I'd kind of gone into that tunnel vision um, in the competing. And, you know, she was 100% right and I couldn't even disagree with her at that point when that happened. But when you've got to understand that when these people, when your circle, as you were saying, come to you with a concern that maybe you're taking things too far, maybe you need to take a step back, they are coming to you with better intentions than any other person you're ever going to go across, including your coach, because they literally are coming to you from the heart. They know you better than anybody else. They're not doing it out of jealousy or to make you like question your goals or your passions or anything like that. It is coming from a place of concern and good intention. And yeah. to then thrash out at these people and, you know, or even have to, like, sit and question how they're choosing to live their lives because it doesn't relate to how you're doing yours. That is not how you should be living in your circle. And I've seen it a lot in this industry um, where they do fall out with those around them because they don't understand. And this is where education comes back into it. Instead of... Um, being criticised or instead of criticising others because you're getting defensive, educate them, 
help them understand why this is important to you. Help them understand that you're not doing it because you have to. You're doing it because you want to. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, it can be difficult, but you enjoy the process. You enjoy the struggle. It's something that you're enjoying doing. Um, and you'll probably find that the sooner you communicate these things, and once I communicated to my best friend what was all going on, her complete opinion on the whole thing changed because she then understood my perspective as to why I'm doing it. And But from that, I also was able to take away a learning curve, exactly as you were saying, that I had to step back into my old personality a little and be like, okay, gym's not everything. Why am I not doing other activities with my friends? If they're not coming to the gym, why am I then not spending time with them? Um, and I think that kind of rounds up the whole, all of the tips together. You have to be open-minded um, and not close-minded to that one size fits all because it's not the case. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think yeah. everything that we talked about today is in this episode is, is, is kind of stemmed from being open-minded and keeping our keeping our minds full of different things, yeah. different perspectives, different different uh, outlets, different things that we can get involved with, things that we can learn, um, different people. And, and you know, that, that's all about uh, keeping our lives fun and interactive and, and engaged. And, um, and, and with that open-minded approach, I think we're always going to be in a position where we can really, like you say, right, all the time is, you know, being more self-aware. Yep. Um, and, and being far more um, engaged in all the right things as opposed to the wrong things. Um, but but in, in sense also, you know, identifying when things aren't right and when we're struggling and when, when things aren't, aren't going as to plan and being able to rectify them or to work on them and improve them and make things better. Um, and I think that's really important. And, and yeah, I mean, there's probably more top tips that we could give, but in the time frame that we've allocated for these episodes, yeah. we'll just have to wait until next time. Yeah, for more of our tips. But yeah, definitely, I actually really enjoyed that episode. Really, really enjoyed it. And I really hope that all you listeners out there have enjoyed it as well, because, and I really do hope you kind of take some of these tips on board and that you if you and if you find that any of them are helpful just to let us know because i i say it at the end of all my podcasts i love hearing from you guys i love hearing that you're some of these things have helped you out um it definitely means the world but yeah these are i really enjoyed this episode yeah very very good episode and i think one that's very important as well um yeah you know it, we, we we all go through <laughs> Uh, struggles and um, how we can work on those struggles will vary from person to person but coming together collectively and trying to share how we do these things and what we do to make things better can only can only add um, further tools in our kit if you like to, to see if they can work for ourselves and um, you know people is powerful and the more people we have talking about the things that they're going through and the things that they've done in order to combat them I think we'll become a much stronger and a much more cohesive unit and, and ultimately a more cohesive and, um, and, you know, teamwork kind of styled industry. Um, yep. I think that's where we need to head in this industry. You know, we're all in the same boat eventually. Absolutely. And ultimately, sorry. Absolutely. You know, whether you're competing in bikini or competing in Mr. Universe, I don't really care what you're competing in. You're all competing. And ultimately there needs to be a very much shed ground on, 
on all of these really important elements, particularly with the mental side of of, of, of the process. So, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable episode. Yeah. Can't awesome. wait to do the next one, and we'll yeah. hear from you all very, very soon. Yeah, catch you on the next episode.